coming up is a chat I had with Becky McCohen Banks from London. So me and Becky worked together at an agency in London maybe ten, uh, 12 years ago, maybe 10, 12 years ago. Um, since then, um, Becky has done a number of things. She's quite a prominent voice in uh, advocating for um, uh, women in advertising. She talks about the various initiatives uh, there. Also, we talk about applied artificial intelligence in uh, in the realms of uh, creativity and also her uh, most recent move to be executive creative director at VaynerMedia in London. And in between, uh, we talk about uh, uh, so keeping up the Desert Island Discs style uh, format of this uh, programme. Uh, Bicky picked out about uh, uh, five or six uh, important uh, uh, artworks that mean something to her, and we talked about them as well. So... Um, Without further ado, here's uh, Becky McCorn-Banks. Okay, hi Becky, how are you doing? Hi Ian, no, yeah, good, good to hear you. Yeah, I, I'm getting, um, um, in, in the winter in Melbourne, I tend to get homesick for London even though I don't actually come from London, which is, which is strange. So, um, yeah, so I'm getting, I'm getting a few sort of, uh, whereabouts roughly, you don't, don't give away your exact address, but whereabouts <laughs> roughly are you? Uh, Full postcode. Uh, no, yeah. I'm just uh, South London. So I'm between two beautiful parks. So, um, although at the moment London would not look like the London you're, you, of your memories, we're running at around 34 degrees. So it's a, a slightly yeah. warmer London than you might have in your memory. Yeah. I always remember, I was, I mean, even though it gets over here, it gets to like 40 and stuff. I, I kind of think, I, I used to think like a 32 day in London seemed much hotter somehow. Um, it is, it is. And obviously yeah. the, uh, the English equivalent of air conditioning being windows is, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. doesn't really, has its yeah. limits, I suppose. Yeah. I'll just say you know, for my sort of Australian and uh, American listeners, quite a lot of American, a lot of downloads come from America. I don't know why. Uh, I should just point out the spelling of South London, which is S A R F London. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't quite pronounce it correctly. It's uh... South. <laughs> South London, isn't it? You've forgotten yeah. the London as well. L A N D A N. That's it. London. So listen. Uh, you know, speaking of which, last time we met, we were just saying was was probably over six years ago when you were out here in Australia mm. uh, briefly, and then we'd actually worked together um, prior to that uh, when I was when I was still in London. But um, it's it, you know it uh, obviously as I followed your progress, not in a sort of creepy way. But... <laughs> I know suddenly it's sounding dark. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, you know, because I remember uh, when you were out here, that because that didn't really go the way that you'd planned. You know? No. And then, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, probably leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one-year project stayed as a one-year project. It yeah, was a, yeah. Rather than rather than me being out there with you now, but never mind. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the dog's you know, got more air miles than most people, so that's yeah. fine. <laughs> But then, you know, so then you went, you know, it, it, in many respects, it, you know, it actually, you know, 
sort of worked out because when he went back to London, things really sort of uh, took off. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I, you know me, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an eternal optimist. So I always think, you know, you make decisions, you live by your decisions, you own them. And, and I always think that, I still think there's a different version of me who's, still, who's living a very happy life um, in Sydney somewhere um, I, under the blue skies. Um, but yeah, when I came back, it sort of, um, like you say, it took me, I'd been freelancing before I went to, um, to Oz. And then when I came back, I had one of the big agencies that I'd been freelancing for basically say, oh, no, we don't want that again. We don't want you disappearing. So come on full time. So that's yeah. how I um, ended up uh, moving to FCB as a full time, yeah. uh, their first female creative director. So, um, mm. yeah, and I was subsequently there for uh, just under six years, actually. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Was, doing that, lots was, that of in, uh, was that in Newman Street? Is that yeah. No, no. So um, the um, FCB are now in Great Queen Street. So oh, they're Covent Garden. Oh, so right. they're, they're in a beautiful building. Yeah. Because uh, when, when I was at Weapon 7, we, we, uh, uh, it was in the FCB building in New Newman Street. And uh, I think that was, you know, before they sort of came back, there was a little period when they were sort of in the doldrums and there was this big... Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's quite <laughs> a long period where they were in the doldrums. Um, so I joined... Uh, Inferno actually, well I worked for Inferno before Inferno then um, sort of did a, FCB did a takeover but the management of Inferno stayed in position, that oh. really elevated things and that changed the offering, um, it reinvigorated FCB certainly and it became FCB Inferno yeah. Um, and yeah it really took the, the knowledge and the it was interesting actually, and, and we've mentioned this before, but we might come back onto it, sort of that small challenger agency mentality is what it took to yeah. reboot FCB's creativity yeah. um, and really just not rest on the on the big brand moral, um, sort of, you know, on, on their big brand laurels as it were, yeah. um, but actually have to try for every project. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was actually an interesting combination, interesting time to sort of been on board. And then, yeah, when I came back, it was properly FCB Inferno, so that it was fully integrated um, and had a personality of its own as well. So, yeah. yeah. So that's a good little segue into what I wanted to ask you about first. So, it was um, so you were the first uh, female ECD or CD, uh, in a, a, yeah. A, yeah, and that sort of coincided because you've been um, quite active. In in a, a few different uh, yeah sort of, uh, groups and uh, you know conferences and things like that you know focusing on sort of um, you know yeah what, even can, from... what can be done for uh, to sort of you know retain and promote female talent in advertising do you want to give us a little how did, how did you know obviously that's something you would have just naturally been interested in anyway but how did you you know sort of put yourself forward um, um i suppose well you know um the first time i sort of started was when we would be working when we were working together in london so mm. a long, long long time ago um and i suppose it was when i'd first become a creative director i was quite young to be a creative director um uh you know i, I joined geronimo as head of art and then was swiftly promoted up which was amazing mm. but then it was suddenly a, a shocker as to how few women there were at the time um in my position um and then i heard of these amazing um people laura 
and um, Ali, who was setting up uh, She Says at the time. Yeah. And I basically just sort of um, resonated with them. They sort of had a punk mentality yeah. at the time. If there were women that were older than us, they sort of kicked the ladder away. Whereas we were very much kind of no, no, no. We need to be doing as much as possible in order to get the no, allow the number of girls to come up. It's yeah. not about holding knowledge and holding it sort of that no one else can share. It's got to be about a way of of opening the system up uh, to everybody, um, you know, more fairly. Yeah. And so I began um, just uh, just by speaking and mentoring for she says events. Uh, way back when, talking about, you know, being a creative director for the first time, the differences that it makes, the fact that, yeah. you know, um, feeling, um, it's now called imposter syndrome, isn't it? But, you know, feeling yeah. that you don't belong, the fact that that never goes away. So sort of trying to take some of the learnings that that I, I've got as a new CD and apply them in a way that would help girls, no matter what their age, coming up and coming through the system. Yeah. Um, I also continued that with She Says when I was out in Oz, um, they, they'd started up in Oz with an amazing uh, woman out there called Jasmine. And, um, and then they were populating their mentoring ship over there. So I was helping to run the Who's Your Mama um, system yeah. out in Sydney. Uh, it was only in Sydney at the time. I believe it's now in Melbourne and helped with the organisation of, um, of She Says over there. And then when I came back, uh, I sort of was was chatting to another friend who had been a copywriter that I'd worked with uh, where we used to work at Geronimo. She used to mm. come in and freelance for us. And she was incandescent with the, the the fact that all of these establishments that we've all been engaged in, all these different in initiatives, hadn't changed a sodding thing about, oh. um, about how many women were in advertising and particularly midweights and uh, senior levels. Mm. So she was pointing the finger firmly back at Adland and um, we together I basically helped I partnered her and we launched um, an initiative called Creative Equals. Creative Equals is huge over there for your yeah. American for your American listeners it's similar to the three percent right. uh, but it comes it's always been targeted at agencies rather than at the women themselves so mm. we saw that without actually speaking to agencies and saying unless you change your processes unless you do this with open eyes there's bugger all point us sort of um, speaking to the girls and getting them more confident in upping their books and, and seeing that they do belong. If once they get into the system, they're going to feel like they don't belong and then they leave you within two and a half years, which mm. Ali's an amazing, amazing statistician as well. So she got all of these research done that gave us the facts that sort of said, you know, 49% of girls um, coming out of uni had you know they were much higher grades they were entering the system mm. but then they were leaving within uh, between nine months to two and a half years and that's why when it got to, to creative director level in the UK it was only at 12 percent of female and mm. that's that's not taking any other any other sort of um, classification into into consideration so that's not yeah. talking about whether you're BAME or, or whatever that's just yeah. gender split um, and so we, yeah, we basically set up Creative Equals, speaking to ad agencies, but speaking to, speaking with them as well. Mm. So helping them doing audits, helping them uh, understand how they can retain girls, uh, how, understand how they can actually find girls and, and women to come in, and, and how actually some of the processes that sit within the Adland system were actually the processes that were getting rid of the people that they needed to be retaining. 
and that really took off. Ali has done amazing things. She's now got it as a as a standard that um, if you come through some of the, um, you know, some of the I can't remember what they're called, but the the new biz people, the brief, the people who sort of get the new biz briefs, and then mm. they approach agencies. Um, the creative equals standard is now is now applied in order for you to be part of a few of these companies. Um, she's also partnering with the IPA over here again to get that as a more standard charter across the industry to mm. say that everybody has to adhere to these standards so she's doing amazing work obviously this was taking off whilst i was um doing my role at, as um, at, at fcb inferno so mm -hmm. i was sort of doing lots of the new biz meetings with her but then ultimately i was unable to to sort of give 50 percent. so i sort of took my hours down she was freelance, so she could take her hours down, um, as in on the job, yeah. uh, in order to dedicate it to Creative Equals, um, which was, you know, obviously she was so passionate about. I, so in the end, I moved to um, sort of being more a sort of a, a, a non-exec non direct on um, Creative Equals and speaking at their events, but I'm no longer sort of connected with the initiative at business level. I'm still doing uh, stuff that she says. Um, I'm on there. Uh, I was on their council for two years and um, I mentor for them still. Um, but other other initiatives, I've always sort of got involved in things. You know me, it's kind of like, let's stop talking about stuff and just do it. Mm. Australians have a lovely phrase that I won't repeat on her for, <laughs> for exactly this. Um, but um, so, yeah, it's sort of whether it's been connecting with the girlhood um, and, and, and the girlhood initiative that we got in as a pilot into FCB is all about not only gender, but also more diverse, i.e. from economic, from education and mm. from um, geographical standpoint. Mm. And so, you know, that was an amazing project um, that lasted sort of three, the initial period was two months. And then we took on three girls from that initial period for nine months at FCB. Yeah. Um, and I've recently encountered one who's working for a major, major uh, uh, tech brand um, over here. So it's amazing to see what, what can happen from a small project and where they, yeah. they end up. Um, yeah, so I'm still very much, very much sort of um, shaking, shaking, shaking my, 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 uh, my cash sort of around for that and, and yeah. trying to, trying to be a beacon for uh, for diversity in, in all forms and I think yeah. that's the thing that you know I can speak but I am a middle-class white female so um, and, and you know whilst I tick some boxes um, I don't tick all of them um, but it's my job to enable my entry into the world to enable yeah. other people into the world also and to sort yeah. of be that watch point that that I'm not falling back into ways and, and um, you know that, 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 that don't allow uh, different thinking people into mm. into our wonderful industry. Yeah. How do you sort of um, balance the, um, you know, particularly, you know, because when you're in a sort of leadership, you know, position. So I mean, mm. you are you're, you know, wherever you, wherever you're working, you're sort of beholden to, to the bottom line, you know, as much as anyone, and uh, and so, obviously, you want to. Uh, uh, put in, you know, you're looking for the best possible candidates, you know, to in, in your team, you know, so you're not gonna, you're not gonna sacrifice, uh, you know, mm. quality uh, to meet a certain quota. No, not at all. Yeah, because you only get to spend that that money once. You can't yeah. sort of spend it twice. Yeah. Um, but, but do you find? I mean, is there is there enough young talent and 
whatever, or sort of, you know, talent that's around, uh, that that's not, it's quite, you know, it's quite easy to, to, to balance both things and say, right, I want to make sure that I'm, uh, you know, because I mean, advertising, I mean, you, you sort of said that they're one of the biggest problems advertising has had uh, is being sort of dominated by a sort of upper middle class kind of, uh, um, yeah. uh, you know, and, and predominantly white thing. It's been, you know, so the first, the first sort of battle was getting more sort of, you know, working class people into, yeah. into the business. And, and from regions as well. I think that's, yeah. that's also, it's always been London centric. So, yeah. um, and you know, it used to, advertising used to scout from, from Oxford, you know, from the Oxbridge unis as well, which, you know, have yeah. their own filtration system um, in times gone. Yeah. But I think it's, it's easier at more junior levels, obviously, because times yeah. have changed. But if I'm looking for a senior role, basically it just takes longer. Yeah. Um, and I was having this conversation with a friend the other day who's in a similar position, but she's recruiting for a lawyer's firm. Um, and she was saying that women just aren't out there. And I was, mm. she's one of my best friends. So it became a very tense dinner um, yeah. because I was saying, I won't accept that. It just means you need longer to find them and mm. find the right people. Um, and we work with a really good recruiter as well, who, you know, has, um, blind CV sessions and so yeah. you know all of the the sort of the biases we're doing as much as we possibly can to remove bias from our entry system so that you do just end up with the best candidates for the for the role whether that's you know so you don't know how old they are you don't know where they come from you don't know all you know is what their talents are and 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 um you know where they've been previously um and I think that's that sort of is a is a great starting point yeah. um you know, I think the difficulty lies particularly uh, when sourcing from non-traditional education systems, shall we say, that when you get those wonderful creative people into the system, they also need a lot of bedding in. So there's a lot of investment that's required by the agencies mm. in order to make a place where they want to stay because you've got to you've got to give them that education that they've missed out on. So what does a day look like? What does a, a, a proper answer to a brief look like? What does what do we mean when we, we go away and say, pull me a mood board on this? All of those basics, if they haven't come up through an art school education, are, are missing. Um, and, and so you have to sort of be prepared that then um, it, it does, you know, particularly at the moment, we're gonna have to bed in some groundwork in order to open up the system for, for, for longer. So. We're going to um, continue this in a minute, but you just uh, this good little point to bring in your first selection of important artworks. So you talked about art, art school education. So uh, for any listeners that don't have one, uh, you're about to get one. <laughs> <laughs> so in Desert Island, sort of Desert Island, you know, art installations or whatever. <laughs> but uh, um, tell us about your first. Um, so my yeah my first choice is a well-known artist particularly over here in the uk yeah. um and it's one of his most charming pieces so um anthony gormley yeah. um he's an amazing guy he's still alive he's yeah. just genuinely lovely if you get a chance to watch yeah. any docos on him if, if, if people only know one gormley work it will be angel of the north one at the in, yeah. in gateshead the the big uh, statue 
that's not yeah. that's not the one that you, you picked up. that's not but it does um he very much explores the body and humanity and that's mm. what that represents so the one i'm selecting is called field mm. um and it's appeal appeared around the world actually so it's appeared in the states as well as multiple times in the uk mm. um and each time it appears he gets local people involved so if you can imagine, it's uh, he sets some ground rules, but he asks community to get involved. He supplies clay from local area, so it reflects yeah. the colour of the soil around the area that you see the piece yeah. in. And they have to make characters to between a set size, um, and all you have to do is to give them eyes. Um, and it makes a wonderful, wonderful sort of... It's quite arresting, so if you can have a look yeah. at the piece, have a look at a shot of it. Um, and then he places them in a, in a room um, or a space so that they actually spill out from within that space. So imagine mm. lots and lots of tiny little, um, I always think they look like sort of Martian-like because they're yeah. all of the eyes are just staring up at you. It's sort of yeah. your, your adult height um, in this sort of imploring way because without any other features, all you see are two finger holes as eyes. Yeah. Um, and I just love the charm of it and the humanity of it, that connection yeah. to locality and actually the charm of when you reduce something down to its most simplistic form that actually yeah. it can resonate in such a strong way yeah. so and, and that's something that you know I, I take into my work and that's that's very much how I operate so there is a there is a link back to Adland <laughs> even though everyone thinks us Adlanders are heartless mm. buggers where we actually do have a heart but the uh, you know the thing uh, the, the sort of so I don't know if I'm stretching this a little bit but there's um because you know, each instance of a field type installation, you know, it's going to is uh, conceptually the same, but it's going to be slightly different because, uh, you know, all the people that 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 make mm. the little objects have all been uh, different, and the space it occupies uh, is mm. going to be different. But there's a sort of mimetic sort of you know yeah. thing going on there because it's a replicate, it's a self-replicating idea you know certainly that, yeah. yeah so i guess yeah, you, you know if, if, Gorm, Gorm, yeah, if he's coming to town you know to do a thing then it's kind of like and there's a call for like you know for people who can handle clay to come and help make the exhibit all they need to do is look at what the other ones were like and it's, it's like oh right now i understand what, what i have to do yeah 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 it's very simplified yeah mm -hmm. we'll post links to all the um your sort of art selections uh, and it'll go in the notes of the, <laughs> uh, of the show so just uh, yeah <laughs> um just so just uh before we go on to the the next thing i just wanted to to run this past you right tell me what you think of this right if i've got this totally wrong or uh, <laughs> uh or whatever so um uh, as you know i occasionally i you know get called into university uh, one of the universities here in Melbourne to lecture, guest lecture to students and, and give them uh, some sort of advice uh, why they ask me for career, well, you know, why anyone thinks I can give career advice, I have no <laughs> idea. But, um, you know, occasionally I do get asked uh, questions about, um, you know, how, you know, to some of the, the, the younger ones and the girls, you know, the, the, about what difficulties they're going to face trying to break into advertising and I, I remember seeing this little clip of Madonna right and she was on some TV talk show and she got asked the same question uh, and they asked her they said what advice would she give to you know young women trying to break into you know 
pop music and all that and movies and whatever and and her answer was get your boxing gloves on right <laughs> and, you know which is basically you know, her saying you're gonna have to battle you know that's just the environment you know now we, we can you know you can say whether that's right or wrong and i know there's the sort of debate of uh, you know does everyone have to act like men you know to compete but and the, you know it might not be fair but you know people respond to incentives and all that kind of stuff and and so in a way to survive in the environment and thrive in the environment it's you know it is a little bit like dog eat dog and so you do have to get your boxing gloves on uh, a, a little bit um now I, I sort of repeated that a couple of times and you know some people said yeah but then i got a little bit of stick for it you know and mm. so, but um i you know I still sort of stand by that argument a little bit. You know, it's a competitive environment and, uh, and you do have to sort of, and this is not just for women. This is, you know, this is probably explains why I've, I'm not CEO of anything because I just don't have that. Uh, I'm just not able to battle, uh, you know, in that yeah, way. Yeah, I was going to say that. I don't think that's a, I think that's an industry mm. uh, element. Obviously, there are the, the other things that you encounter before you even get to the battling in the industry if you if you don't happen to be the norm or, or what people are expecting um so that it would be overlaid but um i think as you say it is it is a competitive nature and and even and particularly you know being a creative um you always have you you end up battling with yourself because your your belief is that there's always a better idea out there there's always the you know you have to be prepared as they've always said to kill your babies and mm. so kill something that you've crafted that you love that you believe is the right answer and then you bring it to someone like me or you put it out into the world and it doesn't have take off as you'd expect um, and you have to be able to you know dust yourself off get yeah. back up and, and go again and yeah. uh, I think so so I'd actually sort of say particularly to, to the girls um, well to to everyone in the industry it would be resilience it, it's yeah. that getting back up factor it's not necessarily going out fighting it is the ability to get back up yeah. um and and to to the girls out there it's i suppose it's certainly different it's um it's a know that you belong here yeah. i think that's that's different so just because you can't necessarily see who you want to be um then that i think that just taking that understanding that you um, you are important and yeah. you do belong in the industry is a yeah. very, very key thing. Yeah. So I think, because you were involved in the 3%. Yeah. Uh, conference, yeah. And that, that was sort of, that was named because at the time uh, there was 3% of the creative directors. Uh, were female, were, yeah. Were female. And I think that's improved quite a lot probably over the last five years isn't it it's um it has we're still only up to so this is what the stat that i gave you before i think in london we're now at 16 percent right, and in yeah. um new york we're at 14 percent right. the three percent i think was global so i don't know how much that dial has moved yeah. globally because obviously there yeah. are some regions that are moving um faster than others yeah. um you know when i was when i was out with you i think i could uh I'm not even sure if I met another female ECD in Australia at that time. So, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. no, I think Australia probably was uh, is a little bit sort of uh, uh, slower than that. You know? mm. 
and then going off to have a baby and then trying to get back in is just uh, mm. it, it is is really difficult. So I come to that. Yeah. I think that might be about to change. I think one of the positives to come out of this COVID, I think, is much. Uh, uh, I'm starting to see that people are looking for much more relaxed working situations, yeah. and that's going to benefit um, you know women that have maybe taken some time off. You know, for yeah, it would be now. massive. Yeah, um, to sort of say that you don't have to be in the agency five days yeah, a week to be yeah, successful yeah, and so. we've got um you know part of the creative equals initiative was setting up what we've called um or what ali's called returnships and they're exactly that so people right. who've been away for whatever time whether it's because of babies or because of caring um for parents or whomever yeah. um if you've been out of the industry it's basically in um, internships for um, people who aren't coming at, you know, at normal, what you wouldn't yeah. describe as a normal intern. So people yeah. who've been in the industry had to leave it for whatever reason for a while and then want back in. And that's yeah. going great guns over here in the UK. There's some yeah. big agents that are actually picking that up. Yeah. Um, so, so it's good to see. And particularly because, you know, the, the if you think we, our industry just thrives on difference of experiences. And, and I think that that therefore cutting out anybody who's gone off to do something, um, whether it is raise a, raise a child, or, you know, have a baby yeah. or whatever, um, they come back with that knowledge and, th and therefore it's a positive rather than a, a negative. Um, yeah. You know, people, you know, people like us getting to our, our, you know, we're now getting into leadership level. Um, and I think that is making a massively positive change because we're demanding that, we're stating that that is unacceptable. Yeah. Whereas in previous times, um, you know, uh, that would have just been viewed as, no, that's how business is done. Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, another example of that is we had a, a new business pitch come in um, from a from a, a Middle Eastern country. Um, and I basically questioned whether we should even be going for it because of humanitarian uh, reasons, as right. opposed to can they give us the best dollar? It's kind of like, well, of course they can. But, you know, do we actually want our name associated with people who have had that questionable yeah. track record to other human beings i don't yeah. think we do yeah. um whereas in previous times I, I don't doubt that they would have gone but this is you know it was a it was a you know a hefty six figure you know six figure yeah. top end client and that would have taken precedence yeah. okay right let's um let's have your next art piece and then we'll then we're going to talk about robots and stuff so. <laughs> so to get us away from the robots i'm going to take you to the outside i'm going to go to james turrell he's actually an american artist um and again you, you sort of you mentioned sort of a, a, a mimetic sort of idea here um, or a conceptual thing so he does a series of uh, sky spaces yeah. now sky spaces are in essence there are set so he sets dimensions they're a room that uh, that goes underground and has just an, a single opening mm. of a of a dictated shape and size. Yeah. So basically, you enter from from the landscape. You are taken sort of in this. It's almost monastic uh, corridor into the centre yeah. of the piece, and then there's a very simplified bench piece around it, which is normally the same colour as the wall, yeah. um, and um, and it's all normally white. And basically, the 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 aperture just faces to the sky. So the yeah. the the art is basically you encountering um, the sky at, at that moment yeah. and um, watching how it changes and 
being in awe of how that actually affects the space that you're sat in as well. Um, you know, it affects I've only the seen, colour. I've only seen pictures of these, but there is, but there's lots of sort of primary colour sort of panels. Is that created by the light or is it, or are they? The ones that I've seen have all been created by the light. So the bright yeah. oranges come in yeah. if you're there in sunset and the pinks yeah. come in if you're there in morning. So again, it's the, it's um and the bright blues and the uh, you know the whites it goes really parched white in the middle of the day yeah. um but i haven't seen the ones with the the actual panels in them uh, there's a brilliant one in yorkshire sculpture park there's another one in tremonier gardens in St, um in uh, just outside penzance yeah. uh, in cornwall um and they're just wonderful spaces and i suppose again linking it back to what what i do for my yeah. my day job it's um you know really being a able to look anew at, at something that you think of that's every day um, yeah. and actually seeing something different and enabling to see how that then affects you and how you feel and and, and yeah. where you are in the world so I think it's a it's a beautiful piece so I'd absolutely love one of these <laughs> I, I need a bigger garden yeah. I was gonna say I, I wonder you know from a sort of advertising point of view you know we think about out of home advertising in such a narrow way you know it's like it's posters of various sizes you know and maybe they mm -hmm. can be maybe they can be day parted and changed programmatically but it's still just a poster you know but i mean mm -hmm. you look at things like those sky space installations you know because it can be its own structure or it can be integrated into into mm. existing yeah. building or whatever you know that's just you know I wonder if we could just be a bit more imaginative about, uh, you know, how we put put sort of brand communications yeah. in, into the into the world. You know, it doesn't have to be a poster. You know? No, no, and I think that's where sort of events should be taking us. You know, mm. experiential should be taking us. It shouldn't be about shoving a product in your hand. It should be actually about how do you change how this person feels at that moment in time. Yeah. yeah. Good. I'm just it's dawning on me now that this is this is great radio isn't it <laughs> talking about, <laughs> about uh, uh, structures of things. never mind we started so we're finished yeah. <laughs> Go on. right so listen uh, um AI and create you know obviously so um I, I never plug my books on this uh, on this show but I did in my last <laughs> book there's a there's a big bit about uh, implications of applied AI in obviously in, in, in our business it's going to replace a lot of uh, administrative jobs you know for sure um, mm. but then I sort of speculate about uh, about an AI as a uh, you know specific AIs as tools that, that creatives yeah. can use you know, I, I, that was just me speculating just trying to use my imagination how that might be but you've gone a bit further because you've actually studied this uh, recently yeah <laughs> i'm i'm dabbling i am an amateur ai geek i would love okay. to have um i am absolutely trans i've always been a split between art and science believe it mm. or not so um even at uni i got in to do both um, and, and i chose to go the arts route mm -hmm. so ai absolutely intrigues me so i've done yeah i've done there's a free course that you can do at university of helsinki online um so i've, I've sort of done that um i've done a couple with the ipa um over here in the uk as well 
Um, but I'm transfixed because I believe at the moment that that uh, where AI specifically coming into the comms business, this is into Adland, um, they've got the wrong focus. It kind of feels like the AI sort of tech world is sort of saying, Adland, you've got it wrong. Um, we can do this creative bit better than, than, than your, your humans can. And then we're not going to ever meet eye to eye on that because I believe in letting the humans do what humans do possibly do best, um, best of all, which is make those lateral leaps that also connect with other human beings. Yeah. Um, you can't program into AI, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but where AI can help us out is is getting to those richer insights finding those seams of signals and things that are happening in the world that then can create that brief that sets the creatives off mm. and then once the creatives have done that sort of human aspect of linking all of those tangential signals together and, and with the human condition and then outputting it in an art artistic way then ai can step back in and help us either push that into multiple media placements which is a very easy thing which you've got lots of ai currently doing already mm. um or um there's other tools that um scb new york use which is even down to the fact of uh, using ai to run through film rushes in mm. order to match to your storyboard so you get to your um your your rough edit a lot quicker mm. Than, than a human editor would be able to do. Mm. And then when the rough edit comes in, you're still with the human editor to, to use that crafting scenario. So mm. for me, it's not an either or, it's um, the way I phrase it, and I phrase it purposefully to, to sort of antagonize or to, to sort mm. of make a question, is that AI should be part of our neurodiversity mix. Um, it's yeah. a different brain that we should be able to, it's a different way of thinking that we should use and we should be clever about using in yeah. getting to better ideas. Um, yeah. So that's that's sort of where, where I am. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, because, you know, for instance, you know, with a, I mean, this is my, my sort of analogy that I use is a bit like um, in, in sort of reggae music, right, or sound system, right, you have the mm. DJ, right, and you have the selector. And, yeah. so, and so, you know, when we think about sort of you know, I guess, you know, club DJs and stuff in, in, in Britain or America or Australia, you know, it's like DJ mm. play, plays the records, right? But, but in the Jamaican thing, the DJ does the sort of talking, right? So they do all that kind yeah. of toasting over the top and it's the selector uh, that, that picks the, picks the mm. dub plates. You know? And that I was trying, I thought, you know, try to make a sort of, because I always use music as a lens to try and make sense of yeah. things. I thought, you know, for instance, for, for copywriting, uh, you know, uh, some sort of uh, AI can come up with 10,000 taglines, you know, quicker than a, mm -hmm. you know, than a, than a human can. And then, and, and so it means the role of the creative person kind of changes in a way. And they, it's more like they become a selector, you know, so it becomes more about their taste or understanding of the problem uh, and basically the, the machine is throwing up suggestions, you know, uh, basically going this, 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 you go, oh, have that one, have that one, I'll reject those 25, you know, but it's, it's got, because it's got the ability to just go through more permutations quicker than the, than a human can, you know, and the sort of, you know, it's like. Yeah, it can, as we, as we all know, and I think that that's a, that's an interesting, um, interesting uh, approach. Um, I think the danger there is you're still reliant on the 
AI coming up with the art of the language and therefore I think we'll lose some of the annoyance in the right. in the language. Um, but obviously it can come up with that's why AI is going great guns in the lower funnel um, area of marketing because when because you're down to sales yeah. messages. No, but I think AI, it's not it's not making any judgments. It's just it's just no. creating permutations and combinations, right? And it's basically saying, What about this? What about this? What about this? So there's still the art is still in the sort of eye of the beholder, if you like. To, yeah, you're to, you're talking about humans as curators. Yeah, um yeah, I, yeah. I still view them as um and, and that's what I'm saying in lower funnel, where you've got more simplistic messages, I think it can do, but for 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 the words that connect because we've all you know gone through the you know which was years ago old school first steps of ai was the you know the marketing bullshit generator yeah. um the, the comedy of that being that many of them were well i think probably all of them were nonsense um so i think yeah my i can see that at some level ai can enable humans to be the curators but i think also our skills lie in the the nuanced areas of the creation um and and but whether you take those those ideas from ai as a starting place uh, with copy might be interesting um but yeah this is why this is what i think this is why i think it's having success in lower funnel because you yeah. don't in lower funnel you don't have the uh generosity of, of time or space in order to use the beauty of language or of craft you basically just want to get your sales message out there and convert them as soon as possible and that's a different um ask to if you're up in higher level brand conversations um trying to change people's hearts and change people's allegiance and change people's behavior then that's a different um aspect i think i will have to um someone uh yeah, sent me because you know, you know, I was kind of interested in this, and I was interested in, in music as well. And they sent me this uh, video. This was a few months ago, and they said, "Oh, this uh, this AI thing has created a song, and it sounds just like the Beatles." And I was like, mm -hmm. "So I listened to it, and of course, it sounded nothing like the Beatles. You know, it <laughs> sounded like a crummy sort of Fountains of Wayne B side or something." Uh, <laughs> But then, but then what happened was that, so that, so the machine had generated this thing using the sounds and all that kind of stuff. But then what happened was if you actually took that song structure and the melody and the lyrics and all that, and then gave it to a band, and then when they played it, yeah. when the humans played it, it actually sounded pretty cool. It was quite a good song, you know? So the song was written by the machine, but the machine couldn't play it. Uh, yeah. It was, uh, it, it had to have the, you know, that sort of natural interplay of humans to sound to sound like uh, and i'll probably get eaten by the ai people i, I put, I'm, I'm in a i'm in a whatsapp group for ai people over here in the uk and i uh, happened to, to put my views out yesterday and got mob, mobbed by people still just telling me they knew better than i did which is right. interesting because they're not in advertising right. um but <laughs> but um yeah i think i think the thing with ai and it, it obviously is is potentially getting better at this hmm. but it can it learns from history so you feed yeah. it the information that's what machine learning is all about this is what's hmm. gone before this is what's been successful before this hmm. is what people have liked before therefore this is what you might be likely to like now so that's not making those massive lateral leaps that hmm. happens in art and where we get the greatness in advertising hmm. and that's sort of my my learning from that is that uh, whilst it might be new, it is kind of 
it's not able to sort of take what we've done before and then and then add something entirely mm. different but works yeah. brilliantly to it which is what the human brain is able to do to pull from two completely you know like the one that always comes back that they used in um an ai course um was that machine learning would never be able to get to was there was a poster for the anti-gun lobby um mm. in the in in the us and it um no, it wasn't. It was for, was it for, I can't even remember whether it was anti-gun lobby or smoking. I think it was smoking, actually. It was smoking, of course it was. So it was two cigarettes, and they'd broken them at the filter so that it looked like a cocked rifle. Mm. Um, and basically, it was just a beautiful image. And immediately, your eye translated it as as rifle. Mm. Um, and and it was just stunning. Uh, sorry, a shotgun. You know, when you cock a yeah. shotgun. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and they were sort of saying, you know, that sort of leap as to how to use, how, how to understand the threat of death that people were trying to get to with smoking them to understand mm. and to correlate that with an item that is totally disconnected with that subject, but mm. is connected through death threats mm. is that's something that, that that's a leap too far. That, mm. And, and that, that's the bit that that's why I'm saying that's where creativity lies within the human form. Yeah. Um, rather than necessarily in, in AI. Yeah, there's a, there's a quote I always attribute to Bill Drummond with the KLF, but apparently mm-hmm. he didn't say it first, but, yeah, which is, you know, the technology comes first and then creative people get a hold of the technology and, you know, and play with it and make it yeah. into things that it wasn't originally designed to do. And that's when it becomes interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, we're still in the early stages of this, so I think, um, you know, we probably haven't yeah. got to that point where, you know, sort of uh, it's been uh, adopted or accepted enough uh, the mm. sort of creative community. Anyway, from robots, mm. from robots to pots. Uh, <laughs> A natural move yeah. from from the yeah from the uh, sort of uh, non-human to the very human again. The very, um, to the very human, yeah. Yeah. So sh- uh, I, I'd love um, pieces if we are doing sort of the desert island style to yep, take yep. with me. Um, is the uh, Shoji Hamada? Um, his pots are just simply beautiful. Um, there, the, there are some that you can use every day. So it'd just be that understanding of again this pulls back to being human the tactileness of the of what he creates but they are um as one of the japanese masters he is um absolutely stunning forms that he creates so it not only is pleasing to the eye but it's also thought about um very very pleasing to how it feels how it sits in your hand how it met how it feels absolutely designed for the purpose that he's given it so i definitely have to take some of these just to add some joy to everyday moment um i'm lucky enough to own a, some pieces by his son but not by him so right. um yeah it's, it's, that, lovely. It, you know, it's almost as, as good as you know because that's uh you know part of that sort of japanese tradition is it goes down yeah. through generations you know, they have a slightly different attitude to how the, well you know, I guess that I mean that that lineage that you know because I think the the uh, Amada stuff comes out. They call it folk art, right? So it's yeah. not it's not high art, although we we see it as as high art. Uh, so it's more like um, 
linked to the sort of tradition of you know where where uh, occupations would go down from you know you could, there'd be generations of you know and they're absolutely yeah. revered as well it's yeah. uh, you know yeah. being a craftsman and and even yeah. sweeping the floors of a uh, of the you know of the master craftsman is, is your way up and you you understand that there is pride to be had in even the most smallest act um if it if it's related to yeah. anything in craftsmanship i think it's a wonderful wonderful yeah. way to to be and way to believe yeah. i'll tell you what because i'm just because we're we're um we're eating up the time and we don't want to go too much over an hour do we want to talk about the next art piece just straight after that because it's probably sure there's an interesting juxtaposition because if Hamad is all about you know uh history and, and and craft and passed down through generations and very sort of you know beauty and utility uh and all in the same thing the next selection is probably about as far from that as you could possibly go um do you want to introduce which are you to, are we heading towards tapis yes is that the yes one? yes oh, okay excellent i was thinking where's he gone with that one is he busy yeah <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so yeah my next selection would be anthony tapis yeah. um and he's a catalan um artist yeah. um and he's absolutely amazing honestly he is he is jaw dropping if you get to encounter his work yeah. um and i love him also because you know i'm a bit of a type of file so um yeah. he he includes uh, texts within his words uh, yeah. there's a cross motif that that um repeats but he's he really came from the art poivre um sort of motion so yeah. he uses lots of mixed media he uses everyday elements whether that's cardboard whether that's bits of linen whether that's concrete or some yeah. instances his own sort of um you know i think he's got some with his own bodily fluids on um mm -hmm. but they all have real presence and 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 um you know you can the 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 piece um that i mentioned to you that i'd love to have would be the uh libre mur um mm. which is double l i b r e dash m u r um because you can see the humanity in it it it, mm. it, it feels quite energetic it's a reminder of of um of life um it's it, it brings in letter forms there's a numeral in there there's him writing into he's scratching into the surface it's um it it doesn't feel a it doesn't feel a passive piece at all so i think to bring that energy and that real presence and bring you right back down into into the the scratch of the everyday that that makes you come alive i think would be a really interesting piece yeah, and that i mean the use of kind of uh, you know it's a lot of just like objects you know and anything mm. bits of rope and all, and all you know because it was it was quite ahead of its time because the, everyone sort of credits you know rauschenberg you know yeah maybe 15 20 years after as as being sort of uh, you know sort of yeah. introducing that but then you know probably maybe just uh not being uh not being in new york or something at that time maybe just the focus you know uh, yeah he's a, he was a uh fanatical catalan so very yeah. very always wanted yeah. to be there so um yeah, yeah. cool okay right final topic so we work together in a sort of direct marketing quite sort of traditional direct marketing agency and then advertising came out here but we're still advertising then uh, 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 fcb but your most recent move um 
was uh, was uh, you know possibly not one you know that you would have yeah. predicted. Um, but uh, so tell us, tell us. Uh, well, first of all, tell us where where, uh, where where you are now, and and how did that how did that come about? Um, so yes, I um, I am sort of I think about a hundred days in now right. um, to Vayner Media in London. Um, so yeah, we're about well just under seventy people strong in London. Um, obviously, we're all over New York and also um, uh, well all over America actually. Mm. Uh, there's New York. There's um, LA, there's Chattanooga, interestingly, um, and Singapore Par as well. Um, I'm going to say, pardon me, boy. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> pardon me, boy. Um, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a very different uh, place to work. Has a very mm. different dynamic to it. It is independent. It is uh, still headed up by its founder, who yeah. you know is a very shy and retiring type. So I'm not yeah. sure anyone will have encountered him. Yeah, it's a, um, it, it, in fact, yeah, he is widely known as a recluse. Uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Particularly reclusive on TikTok, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, so he's, um, which is interesting because particularly uh, in London, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk is yeah. not really known. He's not a UK influencer, I'd say outside of the planning sphere because planners particularly seem to be prime to be incandescent about him yeah. um but he's a uh, he's you know he's he's to, uh, i think there are, there are a lot of uh, i was going to say because you know we'll talk about you not him but it's hard not to sort of yeah. uh think but i just wonder how because uh, you must obviously know that that there's a kind of uh you know the, a lot of ad people sort of take the piss and everything how, do, how does he uh it strikes me as he would just lap that up because it's like more publicity, so he wouldn't, it doesn't really bother. He honestly doesn't need the publicity, and <laughs> the honest answer is he, he doesn't really care. Um, yeah. He's he's so into uh, the belief that Adland is doing it wrong. Yeah. Um, he has um, he has the challenger mentality that basically yeah. says, "No, I'm not going to listen to my naysayers. Yeah. I won't pay you any heed. I, um, uh, I you know, I'm." I think there's a better way to do this. Um, and it means, you know, and he's also the complete antithesis. He's he's not bothered about saying he's made mistakes. He's absolutely pleased to show how energetic he gets about stuff to to just chat like a normal person. Yeah. And I think that's what people react to is, is Gary V is a character. Gary Vaynerchuk, the businessman, is separate from Gary V. So yeah. don't don't fall for the yeah. for the thinking that you know him just because yeah. you've seen how he appears on those films. So yeah. uh, he is incredibly astute, but quite frankly, what Adlan thinks he doesn't care about. What he cares about is doing better, better creative work for yeah. business, yeah. Um, and and that's entirely what what yeah. sort of the the the, the Vayner Media London has been set up to enable yeah. really, and the Vayner X suite of companies um, has been set up to enable. Um, and it's so, working, so, you know. I was going to say, I, I'm guessing because, um, you know, because it, it, when it, uh, you know, when it first started to uh, to get known, there was a focus on mainly sort of social uh, social media. But I yeah. guess that must be expanded. You know, you know, obviously, if they're hiring people like you, bringing in other types of expertise, uh, you know, it's probably not going to yeah. be not going to so be satisfied just with that social space. 
No, it's not. So the 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 method methodology that um, Vayner Media um, uh, basically believes in is that social is a brilliant insight gathering place. So therefore, we get to creative a lot quicker, but creative with a small c, because yeah. we run many, 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 many horses in in social media. So we make lots and lots of small bets with the client. Um, that obviously we we think are the right things to do, but they don't take you know the, 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 uh, what we want are the people who care about the brand to tell us which of these is the best runner. So it's it's incredibly effective yeah. at bringing the client along with you, bringing that business along with you because we take signals from every day. We create honestly the amount of content that you create in the initial phases is yeah. is huge, um, and then you have that phase ends. And you use, you've used that as sort of an insight gathering phase to go, okay, what they really loved was this insight. And when we were speaking to this signal that we've seen out in the, in the world, and it was this cohort of people that really, really responded to it. Now, we never imagined that that would be the case. And then you take that and it, then it becomes, if, you, you know, if, the, if we're going to phrase it that way, more the classic model of, of, okay, now we've got our brief. How does that become that bigger piece that hits yeah. wider than just social? And yeah. that's how... You know, that's how we've got to the the massive um, Super Bowl campaigns um, in the US for, for Budweiser and also for Planters Peanuts. Um, and, you know, that's also what I'm doing with clients over here yeah. um, and also for clients abroad. At the moment, we're running, uh, it's called the VVM model um, for them. But absolutely, it doesn't mean that you you shed all of your joy of craft and of, of, um, of knowledge. And, you know, it's exactly the same as we're speaking about with the AI things. Yeah. There's, there's still us governing the ship, but it's using social as that insight gathering tool rather yeah. than uh, just a planner sat in a room somewhere deciding that that is the strongest thing that, that people are going to respond to. We yeah. run many of those as small bets and then find out which is the strongest thing people will respond to. Yeah, I, I remember I used to have my own little model that was a bit like that. I used to call it pilot, propagate, activate. And so at the pilot stage, you just do lots and lots and lots and lots of experiments, uh, you mm. know, 99% of which would go nowhere, but then there'd be a few that showed some promise. So then you would maybe stick a small amount of money behind some of those, you know, and then it was almost like natural selection, you know, something would come out yeah. on top and then that would, that would be your winner. And that's what you activate. So then, exactly. That's exactly the same as what we're, we're yeah. running. So yeah. that, that's exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he's absolutely lovely. Honestly, I had, I, when I joined, I had phone call from him and I've had another phone call from, and I don't know any other business owner that would have bothered to phone. Yeah. A, uh, no, I'm in leadership in, in London. So it makes me a little bit more than, um, somebody else but he actually potentially you know in in our in our minds but he also he phones everybody that joins now I don't know another business yeah. owner who would take the time to phone yeah. a new joiner whether they're a creator who's just stepped out and into the system I think that's yeah. a, a wonderful wonderful thing so him being open isn't just a front him being open um, is amazing and he truly is somebody uh, who believes in running in beta is basically let's just bloody try doing it and yeah. and move forward and learn as we go and that is so refreshing it's terrifying because it means you move at such a rate of knots yeah. um that you're learning all the time but it means that i'm surrounded by 
energetic people who want to learn, who understand that there's that 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 like you're saying that some things will will die. Some that failure is not an end point. Failure yeah. is a learning point. And, yeah. Um, um, and yeah, so that's that's sort of why I moved across there. Was I was yeah. I'm putting myself through the MBA at the Berlin School of Creative Leadership, um, uh, which is amazing. And I'd right. started my wheels had sort of started to spin with seeing that there's a there is an issue in Adland. It's not reacting fast enough, whether we're talking about AI or whether we're talking about business model. Yeah. Um, and and it seemed frustrating that when I was trying to speak up to this, it wasn't necessarily being heard. And that's obviously because the business model they're currently working to wouldn't naturally flex into other areas yeah. easily. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, I think Vayner approached me in January and we started having conversations there. And they are, like I said, just trying to run things in a different way and so really it was a why not i'm going to learn mm. amazing things from like you say from their social heritage mm. that's going to fill in a whole backstory for me that i didn't necessarily have the full understanding mm. from the fact that we're an agency and by media means that finally i can connect those two dots and yeah. see the effect that my work's having in a very very swift manner and be able yeah. to move fast um, and also understand the, the sort of behind, look behind the magician's curtain in that way that that because you've never really got that close to the wheels of media in, in sort of a trad agency. Yeah. Um, and then just being part of a leadership, actually having, you know, being able to stand by my beliefs and, and form an agency that reflects that. My golly, you know, you know, you, you know me well enough. That's an yeah. amazing place to, to be at. So yeah. I think that was that was my move was for yeah. dynamism and also that ability to create truly create something new yeah. well i mean and, and you know at the end of the day the market doesn't lie and you know because you said to me when we were chatting before you know we were going to record this that through, all throughout covid and everything you know you've still been hiring you've you know been as, as busy it's, as ever yeah no layoffs um, no, no. Well, we've had no redundancies. We didn't yeah. furlough anybody. Um, and I've got just in my department, I have 11 open hires. Right. So we are recruiting on massive scale. And that's just yeah. sort of in creative. Um, okay. We're recruit recruiting across the board. So yeah, it's yeah. a, it's certainly an interesting time for yeah. us right now. The enthusiasm and being energized, you know, is, is half the battle, you know, because you know, mm. in my, uh, in my sort of gut, well, before before all of this unpleasantness started, but in my independent consultant, uh, you know, because I've been helping agencies and client organisations and whatever, and just uh, you know, it's so depressing when you go around these mm. places and it's it's deathly quiet and you know people look so fed up and uh, um, just think, oh God, you know, was it? I, I know. <laughs> I didn't notice this when I was actually in agencies. Was it always? like that or do i just notice it now that i'm out of it no i think also there's um rory sutherland put out a, a piece the um was it for can he did a you know a segment and yeah. it was talking about putting the fun back into agency putting the yeah. humor back into agency yeah. um the idiocy back into agency um as well as as well as you know because then that will come out in the work whereas the work has been led by data and it's got very very sensible and very grown yeah. up and it's all about 
uh, purpose and presence and leading the way and you know yeah. whereas actually just being daft has amazing resonance as a human being um, and connects on many many levels and remind us that that actually joy of life is part yeah. of being human you can't be sensible well i certainly can't be sensible all the time so um i barely get by with it in my daytime for goodness sake <laughs> exactly okay right listen so we we've got two more art pieces to go can we can we combine them as well so we've got another juxtaposition of uh, oh yes so we've got Cy Twombly yeah. uh, and, yeah. and Kate Nicholson so come is it a way of yeah. talking both of them together so Cy Twombly um well both of them are sort of again commentaries on uh commentaries on life and right. commentaries on on um on landscape really um so the Cy Twombly series <clears throat> is one of his bigger ones it's four seasons um, so I wanted to take this away to because if I'm on a desert island, I want to I want to remember what the four seasons might be because you might not okay. get them. Um, and also it combines poetry and writings and and text again, yeah. alongside just some amazingly expressive work. Now Kate Nicholson is um, is the daughter um, eldest daughter I think of Ben Nicholson. Her work does pay some homage to sort of the simplicity of his works, but I actually yeah. own a piece of hers that is a a landscape, um, a Cornish level landscape. She worked a lot in Cumbria actually as well. Right. And so again, it would be that reminder of home and the colors that come through there. The best way to describe it would be a sludgy puddle. Um, right. So it's, it's your grays and your greens and you're really deep down in the, into that earthy textures, but it's right. joyous and absolutely brings forth a peninsula, a UK peninsula, sort of right. that lush deep green. Um, and the dark, <laughs> dark, threatening skies, um, and then you know, sort of juxtapose that with with the the joy that is inherent in the Cy Twombly pieces, and the reminder that it changes, that you know, yeah. that we've got this, that there are seasons, things move on, that nothing is permanent, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, I think that would be a a, rem a definite need of a reminder, particularly if you're placing me on a desert island, that yeah. as I say, the, the the landscape might not change that much. Yeah, we should also point out. So you know, uh, so Kate Nicholson was daughter of Ben Nicholson, the, the Moorland. But of course, her, her mother, Winifred Nicholson, was also mm. uh, an artist of some repute. Uh, she was, yeah, as yeah. Well. So it's she a was family thing. I, I was going to say, because I, I, when you when you picked the Twombly piece, um, because when I was at art school. Uh, I mean, I guess my sort of heroes at the time was, were like Julian Schnabel and Francesco Clemente, mm. like that. But they were hugely nice, yeah. influenced by uh, Twombly as well. Um, so it's, um, yeah, so sort of going yeah, back in time. Yeah, that was one of the Yeah, things. yeah. I think uh, Twombly. It's also that they're ripped. Well, Twombly's ripped so large as well that yeah. there's just yeah. huge pieces. Yeah. You know, yeah. the scale of them scale yeah I, mean, just, I saw some schnabel things lately that were just ridiculously huge you know and it's got <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing in them it's just it's just trying to make the thing as big as, as possible you know? I was gonna say, <laughs> when i was a when i was a student everyone loved it well not everyone but those of us that are into that into that sort of vein uh, you know we used to love tombly because most of the pictures were just it was just ordinary house paint that was painted mm, yeah you know, yeah, it's, it's again, it's that, and so I think that's the thing with 
that comes through in, in quite a lot hopefully it's, it's coming across even in my selections is that it's yeah. it's it's discovering new it's allowing people to express but without necessarily paying homage to what's gone before i, I know there's a juxtaposition with that with me selecting hamada because that, that does use yeah. very traditional techniques but yeah. the ability to to understand that creativity moves flexes has the rules change the rules get added I think that's a, it's you know I guess the you know you would sum it up and say the ends justify the means in uh, in all of these cases you know it's kind of like uh, you know what comes out the other end is what matters not necessarily uh, you know whether things adhered to a particular technical specification although if they did mm -hmm. that's not bad either uh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, so. Well, listen, we, uh, I'll let you get on because I know you've got, it's evening here, but it's, uh, uh, I don't want uh, you know, uh, the sort of uh, hustle uh, police <laughs> getting, getting on your back. So thanks very much for, um, uh, yeah, for telling us a bit of your sort of story and sharing some of that uh, art, uh, some of your art uh, things. If... Um, mm. So you've got you said you've got eleven open uh, open roles at the moment. So if 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 anyone wants to get in touch with you about that or anything else, or working with Vienna Media, or getting you to uh, you know speak at uh, I guess it would be virtual conferences and things at the moment. How, what's, <laughs> the, what's the best way for people to get um, to get in touch with you? How would you prefer? Yeah, I think, well, LinkedIn is obviously the easiest, um, but tell me why rather than, you know, message me as you try to connect. Yeah. Uh, the open roles are normally on our website. Um, I don't handle those personally, okay. but I do push them out through my own LinkedIn systems and um, social media channels. So if you do um, have a look through, then you should be able to find the creator roles there. Um, and they are, we're looking for people, not only there's the 11 in the UK, there's, we're looking in um, Spain, France and Germany as well. Okay. Um, so, and I know that the, the states also um, have openings. Uh, so normally, they're pretty good on their websites um, being up there. If not, then yeah, connect with me. Tell me why, and then you'll be able to. Uh, do, and then I'll point you in the direction of the recruiter. I won't take any sort of books personally or anything like that. So just to make that clear before yeah. I deluge. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Thank you. Show you what I want. Wanna be?